0: Let's talk. Simple words, yet they can make our hairs stand on edge. Isn't it curious how we can live our lives side by side with our partners, yet find it so challenging to simply sit down and talk about what matters most? In today's episode, we deep dive into this conundrum of why opening up to our loved ones is so hard and what makes it crucial to the health of the relationship. And for those seeking practical advice, we've got you covered with three simple steps to pave the way for more meaningful, regular conversations with your partner.
1: So today we are talking about how to get the conversation with your partner started and I know this can be a really tricky one for people. A lot of people are at different points in their journey of development and curiosity around development individually and in regards to the relationship and so they might have this sense or they do have this sense that they don't know how their partner is going to get engaged in the conversation how they're going to get their partner engaged in the conversation and that's what we wanted to cover off today we really want to talk about how to get the conversation with your partner started
0: obviously you know on living the team life we're really looking at at strategies and ways to become a team and improve your relationship and live your best life with your partner but sometimes well, maybe a lot of the time it's actually really hard to just get your partner to the table to talk about your relationship, let alone other decisions and areas in your life. And we're not being judgmental here because it it is really hard and it's something that Kim and I really, really struggled at at the start of our relationship.
1: So in the beginning decade or so of our relationship, I think – we were in different rhythms, definitely uh, at different points in time. I was much keener to discuss a lot of things. You were much less keen, but we also didn't have the overarching understanding of why we would want to be at the table. Like we had never mentioned that we wanted to be more purposeful or be more dream oriented as a couple. And I think that would have shifted things quite a bit for us. We, we just thought, I think what we had let grow was that we only ever came to the table for problems and and not just problems big problems yeah big problems (laughs) and in a really negative way we didn't come to the table like absolutely you've got to come to the table for problems but we didn't come to the table with problems to find a path forward we came to vent about how upset we were yeah
0: or it was things were at a boiling point it's almost like we waited till the very last moment yeah. to go okay we better resolve this otherwise things like we're going to break up or things are going to get really bad or we're going to spend another two days not talking to each oh my
1: other God, i can just remember and i just feel so bad now i can remember i used to say to you you'd walk in the door and i'd say we need to have a chat
0: <laughs> oh actually do i didn't like as well as like you or it, you would try schedule in a chat later and, and you go Babe, we need to talk about us. Can we do it this afternoon? And I'm just sitting there going, "Oh my god, how am I going to get through the morning? I'm going to be so stressed thinking about the conversation we're about to have." But you know, I'm so sorry. You, oh, Bob, you don't need to apologise because the truth is, I also was never showing up to have a conversation. I think I, you know, I was too cool for school. I was sitting there. Trying to avoid conflict.
1: I think more the avoidance. Like I don't think you were too cool for school. I think I was
0: too cool for school. Uh, let's
1: go. No, there was no too cool. We, can, <laughs> we too cool.
0: can we too put cool a poll? Too cool wasn't the issue. Can we put a poll up? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. So yes, you're hundred percent right. We 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 didn't do this well, but we have definitely in the last decade learned how to talk really well. It's our default mo- default mode now we we talk about everything and that's actually what what the purpose of this podcast is today it's actually to have a shift we're not saying how to get your partner to the table to start talking about one thing the ultimate goal for this podcast and it's going to take a lot of time but the ultimate goal is actually to shift the rhythm of the relationship we're talking is the default so to end up in a position like we are where. The relationship has a rhythm of sharing, being transparent and talking through things together as a team.
0: Yeah, and it is so hard to start. It is hard to get your partner to the table sometimes. It's hard to be the one to talk yourself sometimes because there's so much we bring so much baggage it's so funny we talk about baggage people bring in from their previous relationships when you've been together in a long-term relationship trust me you've got you've got baggage you've brought in from your own relationship and i think that's something that you know a lot of people don't realize and they bring that into their conversations or assume the other persons bring it into their conversations and i know kim and i had to let go of a lot of our baggage to get to a stage where we're talking every day but practice makes perfect and what we've done over the last five to ten years is we've made this a habit it's our default mode it's the way we operate and now we can talk about anything from the mundane and suddenly slip into our dreams and amazing life-changing decisions
1: i just want to touch on what you said because i think it's it's really important the baggage you bring from your own relationship which undoubtedly our target audience we from our demographics and the people we engage with we know they're in a longer term relationship right so they definitely have relationship baggage which you can develop pretty quickly in a relationship anyway it's one of the reasons I think people like one of the core reasons people really struggle to have conversations they've been burnt they've been they've been affected by negative conversations before or patterns where things have like we had Things were left to build up for too long and so it is scary to come back to the idea of talking with your partner and we'll touch on how you can make that feasible, how you can make that accessible, how you can start talking again even when you've had a lot of bad experiences with trying to talk with your partner in the past.
0: Well, it's a catch-22, isn't it? You need to talk to your partner so you can really release that baggage and help them remove that mm. baggage, but you've got so much baggage that you don't want to talk to your partner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yes, the conundrum but, but it is
0: But it is important.
1: It is important. So we, we really are talking about making a, a shift in the relationship, as I've said, to a, to a different state where it's, it's the rhythm of the relationship that you are talkers. You know, you are going to go from being people who don't talk To people who do talk you're going to go from people who don't share to people who do share
0: why it's important is because if we're not talking about the little things we're not sharing the little things we're not having these sort of little conversations then we definitely aren't talking about the big things big decisions require big discussions and if we're not having them then we're not taking control of our lives because if we're not having discussions with our partners we're making uninformed decisions, we're making one-sided decisions, we're making decisions that might break trust and connectedness and we're also maybe losing control of our lives.
1: Yeah, you're, you're right though, Rogie. It is ultimately about whether you want to be intentional in life together as a team or whether you're going to be unintentional and that's that floating through life, that's being out of control in life. There's so much in this one precious life you can do, there's so much you can be in this one precious life if you're not intentional about it, if you're not deliberate with your partner, that's never gonna happen.
0: Guessing and making assumptions about where your partner wants to go, where you want to go and where you want to go together. Gee, that's so it's such a risk. It's your yeah. life. Yeah. And yet we oh, yeah. we so easily fall into that pattern. And again, we don't wanna we don't wanna be judgmental or blame it because we did it for 10 years, but we just know how good it is on the other side.
1: Yes, I love that. All right, let's let's unpack then a little bit about why we see people having uh difficulties in talking together because i think it's really important to name these and and have them out there for people to understand this is actually what might be contributing to your difficulty some people might say yeah we have trouble but i don't know why we have trouble so let's run through a few of these first off people often have a fear of conflict
0: fear of conflict was a massive one for me a lot of it was to do with the, the emotional intensity of some of our discussions because we had let them simmer for so long. And because I was constantly just avoiding them, avoiding, 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 by the time we got to have the conversations, they, they were huge, they were heavy, and I just wasn't emotionally prepared for the intensity of them.
1: I think fear of conflict runs both genders. I know a lot of women who will do literally anything to avoid conflict. I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with someone and they've brought up something that's really upset them, not just in the relation, the romantic relationship, something in life, and they've said, but I just didn't want to deal with the conflict. I'm not a conflict person. Nobody is a conflict person, let me tell you. <laughs> but it's the truth of it. I, 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 it really, like, so many people say I'm not a conflict person nobody's nervous system is built to want to be disrupted it's not how we're wired as humans but the reality is you're going to have a little bit of discomfort when you get to the table that's life when you are i mean how much discomfort do we go through in a day when we're yabbering away at each other
0: i think a lot of in the uh, development space the motivational space they talk about get comfortable being uncomfortable and, and it's very true sometimes it can see a bit naff when it when they talk about it but it is really true that you do need to get comfortable being uncomfortable in conversations with your partner and you know I think another one of the reasons I used to avoid conflict was because I also didn't want to address certain issues in my life or our lives and so it wasn't just the conflict it was the actual topic matter as well where I was, especially in my twenties, I was like, "Gee, I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with that now because there'll be a resolution out of it, or I'll, you know, maybe it's something I'm ashamed of, or maybe it's something I'll need to change, which means I'll need to, I'll needed to do more." And so, like everything we do when we don't really want to do it, we put it off.
1: Yeah, I think like I just have to counter that with my my position in our twenties because it certainly wasn't all you, you know, as the reason that we didn't talk. I think I brought a very black and white perspective to the table it was one way or the other and when our conversation didn't go the way that I expected it to or wanted it to I was very reactive to the conversation and I think that would have scared you as well I look back now and you know obviously I've developed my skills a lot in that space and and my own uh, I've done a lot of introspective work and my own personal development and journey but the reality is It would have been hard for you because I was a very black and white person then and I I struggled to see the world outside of that black and white. And so obviously, you know, it was hard for you who wasn't always in black and white. You're definitely more grey naturally. It was – it would have been a difficult space.
0: You can see there the dynamic between Kim and I and you might have a different dynamic, but there is a dynamic, you know, and and some of the other things can be a bit of a power imbalance. And we spoke about this on our podcast on how to start talking about money with your partner, how someone might be more financially literate. And as a result, there's a power imbalance. And so it's harder for the other person to come in and and talk to them about it. But this can just be general. Some people are just better at discussing stuff, better Mm. at talking, or more likely to bring up issues than the other person. And that power imbalance straight away goes, well, if I get into a conversation, I might even have something to say or a resolution I want, but because I don't know how to talk, I don't know, or, you know, my partner's a much better talker than me or a better debater, or maybe they're just a bit more, they've got a, more of an iron will than I do. I'm not going to get what I want anyway. I'm not going to have a voice, so I'm not going to engage.
1: I 100%, 100% agree with this, and I think this is what happened for us a lot. I was definitely the more experienced talker. I, talking through issues came much more easily for me, although clearly not necessarily super productively, but as a result, You you experienced a power imbalance in that space, in the talking space. And what I didn't do, it kills me when I think back to it, I didn't have your back. I did not have your back. I did not acknowledge there's a power imbalance here. Talking is easier for me. It's more natural for me. I need to support him in this conversation. And it's not about me making all these accommodations for you. It's about being a teammate and saying, this is a power imbalance and I need to do more to support that person so that they're also comfortable in sitting because i'm already comfortable sitting at the table
0: yeah i think that's a great point and i think that's what one of the key takeouts of our how to talk about money with your partner was that if you are a bit more financially literate then you need to be able to simplify and explain it and create the space and we'll get onto that soon but what i do love actually about what you said is you didn't know how or you weren't doing it properly so even though you were better at talking you didn't fully yeah. know the reason how, and I definitely didn't know. And again, this is not something they teach you.
1: That's what it all comes down to. We're teaching skills here that often are not taught. And we have to learn the skills. We have to practice the skills. We have to work at the skills. That is what that is what we're talking about. So yeah, I completely agree. And of
0: course, the longer you leave talking to your partner, it just gets older, gets staler. These assumptions build, these misunderstandings build, things boil to the surface, and we just decide it's just all too hard.
1: Okay, so there's a really important element in, in this conversation we're having around how to get your partner to the table and that is what does a te- being a team look like? We've already touched on here now, Rogie, with how it was for me in terms of having that power imbalance and what I'm, what I'm trying to get to is, you know, people will be asking, do I drag my partner to the table? Right. Or
0: how do I drag my partner to the table? How do I drag my partner <laughs> to the table?
1: And, and the reality is you cannot drag someone to the table. We've seen people talk about in other relationship relationships. Podcasts or whatever, online. They say things like, and we're not trying to diss anybody, but we, we firmly disagree with the position that, you should do it first and do it on your own and then and then effectively drag that person along for the journey.
0: Yeah, babe, if your partner's not getting involved, you just go do it yourself.
1: Yeah, no, we don't we we don't believe in that. This is a team journey and there are ways to involve your partner in the team journey through support that look like you becoming a team from the get-go.
0: Yeah, you need to bring your partner on the journey and probably more often than not, one of you is going to be maybe a bit further along in your personal development journey or believing that you do want to get the best out of your relationship because we are busy and it is hard. And, you know, you have to understand that decisions you make so if you decide to go off on your own and not bring your partner along, they're still going to affect the whole ecosystem of the, the relationship in the household. They're going to affect your partner. They're going to affect your kids and that's going to affect you, you know, so you can't just charge off by yourself because that actually still breeds that adversarial Absolutely. mindset we're trying to get away from. And what you'll find is you actually widen the gap.
1: Yeah. I couldn't have said that was the words in my head was you are just going to widen the gap if you don't get focused on how you can support your partner. That's the word we want to be thinking about here. So if you've got more resources than your partner right now, or you're more curious about developing the relationship right now, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But you're not going to go about getting your partner involved by either heading off in your own direction and widening the gap or grabbing them by the collar and dragging them along. What you can do, and this is a really important difference, you can do some of the heavier lifting. That's what we're asking. It's it's not about going solo. It's not about dragging the partner. It's about supporting your partner. And that is the heavier lifting. That is more work for you. But that's what being a team is. Sometimes, one of you will do the heavier lifting in the leadership space because this is what it is. You'll end up leading the team in this moment because you have the resources or you've come to that point earlier in life than they have, right?
0: That's exactly it because that's what leaders do. Leaders don't just go, all right, my team's falling behind. I'm just going solo and charging on and doing this myself. No, they bring everyone together. Yeah. They pick up the last man or woman standing. They they figure out a way to motivate their team. And that's what CEOs of good companies do. That's what team captains do. You, you know, think
1: about being out on a hike or a walk or a run or anything like that in a group. You don't run at the speed of the fastest person. You get the fastest person to drop back and run behind the slowest person. Yeah,
0: remember Not when we were to doing – Not push
1: them, to support them.
0: Remember when we were doing Tough Mudder and I think it was one of those 21K ones and I think by about the oh 17th, 18th K my calves were gone. And you guys, you know, you didn't just nick off by yourselves. You sat you you weighed from it, you pull back, you supported. Well, the
1: whole team pulled back. Where we p- was a team event. Because it was back. a team event. The whole yeah. point was
0: us not if one person had nicked off ahead and gotten a better time, well, that was pointless. It's a team event. And you know you never
1: would have gotten over that wall without the whole no, team no, anyway.
0: No, you know, that and tell pool. you what, you know. Marriage is a team event. Marriage is
1: a Marriage team sport. Marriage is a team event. And you know what? Sometimes you'll be the leader that needs to drop back and pick up your partner. And sometimes they'll be the leader that needs to drop back and pick up the partner. But you want to pick them up with support. Just like I love that tough nutter analogy. What a great memory from forever ago. It, in that, we didn't. The person, like the team didn't come back and say, hurry, hurry up, Rog. The team came back and said, hey, mate, do you want a banana? Do you want a drink? What can we get? You You know, you're doing such a great job right now, right here. They just, they lifted you up and supported you. They made
0: sure I was, you know, first over the wall to have a breather so I could get up. Yeah, it was great. So we're here to give you three tips on how to get your partner to the table. And this is not just to talk about your relationship. This is to talk about anything.
1: Such an assertive intro to the next section. We are here to give you three tips. (laughs) 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 All right. So, So the first thing we would suggest is starting small. And as I said a minute ago, these are skills we're teaching. It's going to take time. You don't learn a skill overnight. You don't learn a musical instrument overnight. You don't become a 5K runner overnight. You don't learn really anything. You don't become a great chef overnight. Any of those skills you think about that you've learned in your life or in your you're learning now maybe, it's going to take time. Part of that starting small is start in a space that is not going to cause harsh startups, that's not going to have a huge risk of conflict. That means start in a positive space. Don't start on a topic or start in a way that is going to be construed by one partner as an aggressive start, as a harsh start. It's it's just not going to work. And for all those people thinking as I'm saying this, oh, you're making me pander, because I know for women this is hard. Now I've got to tiptoe around his feelings. If if it's the woman that wants to start this, which most of our audience is women, but you know, if it's the man, great. But say it's the woman and she's thinking, here I go again, people telling me to be careful of my partner's feelings. It's not that. I'm going back to the leader part. If you're ahead of your partner in wanting to grow your team, if you're ahead in wanting to build those skills, then you're going to have to support them to get where you are.
0: Yeah, it's not pandering to support your partner bringing them to the table because two things are true. It's important that the person initiating the conversation creates the safe space in order to do it. And then it's also important that the partner who is being brought into that space is accountable for showing up and engaging. It does take two to tango.
1: Right? They might need more support, but they do still we do still hold them to the to the standard of being a responsible adult, which is their being accountable for showing up, being accountable for engaging when you do show them the support, when you do show them how to get started. So in this start small, which is our first first tip for how you can get talking in your relationship, I'll give you a specific example so that you can, if you're like me, get really visual about it. For example, if your partner comes to you and says, I would like to join the local running club. I want to join a weekly running club. So you start thinking, what does that mean for me? How much time are they going to be there? The,
0: re- the red flags start going up. They start what does this off. mean? What are they going to take from me? What are we doing?
1: Exactly. So when you want to start small, you need to think about, okay, here we go, this is something I'm going to need to talk to them about. I want to have a discussion with them about it from a supportive standpoint. So start small. This is a positive space because your partner wants to do this. So start on a positive topic and say to them, could we have a chat about how we as a team, the relationship, can support you to do that, to go to the run and what that will look like for us and the family in supporting you. Could we set a time to do that?
0: Yeah, I think that's great because what you're doing there is it is something that your partner wants. They've said to you, hey, can I do this or I'm going to do this and you want to discuss it with them. And instead of just shutting it down or even on the opposite side, just saying yes and not thinking about it, actually going and saying, hey, let's do this and scheduling it in, starting small and starting positive. Step two is you've got to create the space for the conversation. Where and when you have these discussions is just as important as what you're having the discussion about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in this area, in creating the space for the discussion, if you can, thinking about what's a space in time that is – consistently a space in time that you could have a chat right because ultimately you want to build your ability to have a conversation so if you decide like, you know what Sunday morning Saturday maybe you've got sport with the kids Sunday morning the kids are going to be watching cartoons from I don't know what time your little grommets get up 6 30 till 7 30 so you know you've got an hour on Sunday morning where you could actually just sit together And have a conversation so you start small with raising the idea of having the discussion then you guys want to set a time create the space and time to have it where you might be able to repeat the activity in the future so thinking about what time in the week you have that that you consistently have where you two could actually have a meaningful conversation and the other part of this is where you actually go to have the conversation. Yeah, right?
0: don't, don't go where you often have your habitual day-to-day conversations. Don't sit in the kitchen. Don't sit at the dining room table. Don't sit on the lounge in front of the TV. If you can, go out the front. Go out the back in the sun. Whack a beanie and some jumpers on if you're, if you're in a colder climate or it's in winter. Put your hat on and your sunnies on and get a nice cup of coffee and just go out. And create a bit of space. Of course, if you've got the ability, go for a walk. If the kids are old enough to look after themselves or if they're out, go for a walk. You need to do something that's a bit uncommon to create a bit more of an open space.
1: Yes, I love that. The uncommon does create an open space and getting outside of the spaces that... Because our brains feed off a space, right? It's one of the ways we, we, we process information. When we step into a space... We say this space means A, B or C.
0: If you don't have a habit of having constructive conversations you might slip into some bad habits you've got, and Kim and I definitely used to do this, which are more likely to happen. You're more likely to slip into bad habits in those common places that you have discussions with your partner. Where the habits have shown up already. Where the habits have shown up already. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, let's think about the example we had. So, we had the example of a partner coming to another partner and saying they wanted to join Run Club Weekly, which, which might be, I don't know, say Saturday mornings, they want to go to Run Club... The partner says, okay, that's great. I'm going to take this opportunity because this is a positive interaction. Ultimately, this is a positive thing to start having conversations and I'm going to say to them, let's talk about this and how the relationship can support you to do what you want to do and what the relationship will need, other supports for yourself to to make that possible, right? Because it's not just a give-take, it's a give-give, right it's really important so then you set the time and the space for where you can have that conversation so you know what the kids are watching cartoons six thirty and sunday let's get a coffee and like rog said chuck a beanie on because it's cold and go and sit out the back in our beautiful area we usually sit out in summer and just get some get some fresh air and have that conversation let's have that conversation sunday morning
0: Perfect. And I think what you're doing there is you're creating a time and creating a space that's uncommon so you can start to build habits about having these different conversations.
1: Yes. So the the other thing about this is I just want to flag this because if people are thinking, oh, this sounds a little bit manipulative – it's not manipulative to want to have a better relationship. It's not manipulative to support your partner to get to the table. You can be fully transparent through this. When you start with your partner and want to say, you know, can we make a time to discuss this? You can actually say to them, I, you know, it's something I would like to do more in the relationship is have discussions. You can flag with them what your what your intentions are that you do want to build this. But you just have to always remember... We want to start small with things. We don't want to overload people. If you're in a, a position where you can manage the idea of more conversations better than your partner, then remember that. Hold that in mind. Okay, maybe I have to lead a little bit in this space, not put too much pressure on my partner and support them to get to where I am.
0: 100%. So we've started small and we've started positive to go and have this conversation. We then created a space that's a bit uncommon. So we don't fall into our, our nasty habits or our little habits where we might start to nip and bite. So the next is that we have to review at the end of this conversation, how the conversation went and then reschedule because we want to make it a ritual.
1: Yeah, it's, this is such a great one because it's practicing talking within a conversation. <laughs> so, I, don't, I love it. Meta. So if we think about The conversation was obviously the practicing of talking. You're starting to practice talking. Then asking your partner how they found having the conversation. So talking about talking. What was that like for them? And this is actually a really important part of developing the skill of talking because you're bringing awareness to the fact that you guys are talking more. When you start to label that, you become more intentional about it. You know what? We actually are trying to talk more. And you can be really transparent here again, you know, would this be helpful, do you think, for the relationship to do this again? To get to a place where we could sit down, bring to the table things that are happening, maybe changes we want to make, ideas we have, and work together as a team to see how the relationship can support that to happen. And you'll probably notice that I'm saying how the relationship can support that because it's not how I can do this for you or you can do this for me. We need to think about the relationship as an entity that needs nurturing, that has its own life, its own goals, its own dreams. And that way, it's much easier to support your partner in things because you remove that, that tendency for adversarial behaviour and become both of you fans of the relationship both of you supporters and drivers of the relationship
0: that's 100% right and that's why we're having these conversations and of course you know after you've asked your partner how they found the conversation and and had a conversation about your conversation it's important that you know as Kim always say that you celebrate your little wins and your successes and name what you've actually achieved say like we just had a really tough convo and we actually got through it we got through it and we've we've come to a decision and yeah it might not have gone the way we originally thought or this but how good is this and how good are we and give yourselves a pat on the back pour a bit of irish coffee whatever floats your boat have that positive framework work because that'll make it more likely that they are either going to initiate a conversation or at least come back to the table again
1: yeah, I love that. And, again, you're practising talking while you're doing that. You're practising being transparent with your partner, you know, how that felt for you and the fact that you have achieved something and that you're on the same team. You know, celebrating those little wins is really important in terms of building momentum in a relationship as well. So,
0: All right, Kim, what was your gold nugget for the potty today?
1: For me, the, the really important part of all of this is – the difference between uh, the pandering that I think, you know, some people might have thought when you say you have to take things slowly with your partner, the reframe of that to understanding that it's not about pandering, it's about supporting. That's a really important skill because you and I at various times in our relationship have led and, and supported the other to come along on the journey.
0: My, my gold nugget would be that create the space. Creating the space – of when and where you're going to have the conversations just as important as the actual topic of the conversation and if you can carve that out as a ritual you're going to have a recipe for success of ongoing communication and talking you're amazing you've just spent quality time on your relationship
1: feel like you're on a roll If you want more Living the Team Life relationship insights and conversations, head over to kimandroj.com where you can find all the show notes as well as tons of other relationship goodies.
0: And if you liked today's episode, please hit subscribe or let another couple know where they can find us. It'll make them happy and it'll make us really happy.
1: Until next time, keep on living the team life.